The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonhalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purview of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money, focus on your life. Money don't matter or the stuff it bought. It's the way you think, not what you got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Get your money mind right. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for stopping by. We are so glad to have you. I'm Heather Wagonhalls, and we will help you get your money mind right on today's show in a most expeditious manner, according to Michael. And we're going to do that with the following features today. Our key for this week is remember real estate as we start closing in on our last few shows of the season and the year. Our moolah word of the day, since it is going to be in the gift-giving genre, uh, how about talking about receiving or acquiring? That's what our moolah word is gonna, of the day is going to be about. Minutes on your money is going to be interesting. How about hot markets and cowardly lions? You're like, what? Yep, that's what we're going to talk about on Minutes on Your Money, and it has to do with investing and what's going on in the financial markets today and what you should be doing with your moolah. As uh, always, we have a trivia question to win fabulous prizes, and I'm so excited, too, because we have an additional fabulous free stuff um, for the show. we got a new sponsor, so I'm all excited about that, so we'll talk about that when we talk about the trivia question, because that's when I'll tell you you can get free stuff. But it's always about a previous show, and last week's key was creating credit, and I asked Michael a particular question on the air, and... Uh, well, he didn't have the answer, but I gave it to you, and so we'll see if you remember it. Oh, dear. And uh, <laughs> you're like, uh-oh, now it's quiz time. I just knew it. You're too busy watching meters. I know, but you were supposed to be taking notes. And then uh, we have uh, Chris Kimball, financial expert, joining us today, and we're going to talk about finances when you're family goes awry. What do we do then? Uh, our Unlock Your Wealth radio protege, Lauren Rumpler, is not in attendance again, but she is working actively on her keys. And so we are going to have an incredible wrap up in the next few weeks. So uh, hats off to her for still pursuing things, even though she is busy recording and doing her Objectivist Girl website. You might want to visit that, objectivistgirl.com. Uh, and see what she's up to. And as always on every show, we will talk about your money, your credit, and how to get ahead in any economy. We will also show you how to manage your money easier, saving time and reducing stress using these proven techniques for you to create unlimited wealth and happiness. Our Insiders Club members are so lucky ducks because they're automatically entered in our weekly giveaways. And by the way, you need to stop by the website because we have done some really cool rearranging and we have a new chat room so you can come visit me during the show and ask anything. But if you are 
listening during the show and you happen to have the answer to the trivia question, we could hop in and answer and win fabulous prizes potentially. Uh, so um, that's how you do it is you got to answer the trivia question correctly in order to win great money management tools we've had from previous show guests. So uh, this week's trivia question is based on last week's show, if you remember, and that was create credit. So this week's trivia question is, what are the two things Michael and I talked about that are not included in your credit score? So there are 85 factors that are part of your credit score, but these two were not. And if you recall, Michael was surprised that these two had nothing to do with it. But they have everything to do with today's episode. And if you are sneaky and didn't listen to last week's, you might figure it out as we talk about our Remember Real Estate Key, as we talk about what it takes to become financially independent. And we're going to show you how we can do that using the fabulous tools of real estate. Uh, so if you want to win the trivia question, hop in the chat room. Like I said, it's all brand new and redesigned. Or you can email in to win. That's trivia at uywradio.com. That's trivia at uywradio.com. So if you're not listening live and it's a podcast and you don't know if the answer has been given, that's okay. Shoot over your answer because you could be the fabulous owner of some really neat professional and personal money management tools. Uh, or you can call into it, and that's 1-866-966-9420, 866-966-9420. So good luck to you. Now, I mentioned briefly that we have a new sponsor, and I'm so excited because not only are they sponsoring the show to help bring you fabulous tools each and every week. Um, they've also got cool free stuff for you. And you're like, what are you talking about? So our last key in our Keys to Riches Financial Wellness series is Break the Budget. And that's going to be our final key for this season and for the year. And one of the things that people have a challenge with that they always tell me, God, you know, I just I would love to read, but I just don't have time to do it. And I say, you know, I was in that same boat too. And I used to find myself driving back and forth from Phoenix to Tucson. It was 101 miles doorstep to doorstep from my office when we opened up a branch of this mortgage company down in Tucson. And I had this two-hour drive that I would have to do like three, four days a week. And there's only so much music you can bop along to and sing at the top of your lungs until your throat hurts. And, and then at some point, you like get bored. And, and so what do you do? Well, this is where I fell in love with audiobooks. And ever since then, you know, I used to read copious amounts of books, and I try to always read like two or three books a week. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a daunting task, but if reading is important to you and if that's your gig, it's not really that daunting, except when you don't have a whole lot of time. So I was able to maximize, you know, like four hours of my life every day that was doing nothing, you know, because you can't really do much else when you're driving. And I was able to take advantage of that commute time and knock out books again because I went from reading two or three books a week to like not being able to read anything because I just didn't have time. I lost that time. And so how do we regain our time through audiobooks? And I'm so excited because one of my favorite apps on my phone is my audible.com app. And Audible is now our new sponsor. So welcome, applause, audience. Yay! 
So we have a new sponsor. And in addition to them providing the show or helping to facilitate the show being brought to you each and every week, they're going to give you a free audiobook because you are a listener to the radio show. And you're going to also get a two-week free trial so you can explore it. They've got all kind of cool things. And if you're like me, if you like a little element of competition, they have all these cool badges that you can earn. You know, like I got the all-nighter badge when when I listened for like four hours or something. And then I have like the stacks one because, you know, I have like, you know, over a couple hundred books in the library, you know, and you can buy these really cool packages. But even if you don't want to spend the money, if you're all about freebies, then that's the thing. Get your free book. There's no obligation. So all you have to do is surf over to unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and you will be dialed in with your audible.com free audiobook. And if I was you, I would like maximize my freeness and I would find the biggest, longest book I could <laughs> in an area or topic that I wanted to listen to. So like, cause some books are like two credits, like you could pay cash or if you are in the frequent flyer club, then you get credits. And so some books are like two credits long, you know, like, um, I'm trying to think, well, Atlas actually just went down to one credit, but it used to be a two credit book back in the day. But it's like, you know, it's like 63 hours if you get the unabridged version. The abridged version isn't that long, but the unabridged is like 63 hours. So, yeah, so you want to maximize your freeness. And I would pick the most expensive book (laughs) for my free book. But yes, so uh, anyway, so that's it for that. So uh, today's Minutes on Your Money is from John Wagner in USA Today. When markets heat up, it's time to be cowardly. And I love his Wizard of Oz analogy. He says, now that the stock market has reached an all-time high, you might be thinking to yourself, um, a coward that you have been reluctant to invest until now. And he says, but as a great man, meaning the Wizard of Oz said, um, that uh, that's okay because you may be a victim of disorganized thinking. And so how that plays, I love this article because of how it plays into our brain-based financial literacy. It says you may be a victim of disorganized thinking if you are under the unfortunate impression that just because you run away you have no courage, you are confusing courage with wisdom. That's like the wisdom yeah. word, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and that makes it, I, get that. I, I think about wisdom and I'm like, wow, <laughs> knowledge and wisdom, <laughs> like knowledge is like, okay, this is how it works. Wisdom is like, this is when it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, so remember not to use it at this particular moment in time. That's what, what I kind of feel like my wisdom has come from the times I've failed, not the times I've succeeded. But cowardice can be a good thing, especially when the stock market is at record levels. And if you're really worried, you might consider the cowardly cowardly portfolio. It was first introduced on his blog a a decade ago, um, but it's time to make a few changes to his cowardly portfolio. And you can find this on USA Today. Um, He says, it's okay, you will be fine. The cowardly portfolio simply introduces the notion that investing in stocks is not an all or nothing proposition. In its original formulation, it consisted of 50% in conservative stocks, 30% intermediate term government bonds, and 20% in money market funds. You won't get rich because widely, hold on, got to flip the page, because widely diversified people don't get rich, or at least they don't do it quickly. 
what you're looking for is consistency over time. So you'll be somewhat shielded from short-term stock market fluctuations. However, when the Cowardly Portfolio made its last appearance in 2011, uh, the portfolio gained 41% over 10 years versus just 31% for the Standard & Poor's 500 stock index. So... Maybe it's not so bad to be a little chicken. To be a coward, yeah. It's not so bad. So, yeah, so what a great, you know, check-in. He's not just saying the advice. He's like, okay, look, I gave it to you 10 years ago, and let's see where you are today. I should probably do that. That just occurred to me. I should do that with my real estate investing thing because I've got people that have been at it for a while now, and I bet we could probably, you know, spank the market even because I started my money management concepts before the crash, because I predicted the crash in 2003 on my show. Um, when I was asked about the real estate market bubbling, I said, that's not what you got to watch for. And so the people that still, that, that were, that consistently applied those principles, you know, they're all millionaires, or like, at least they were, you know, when they decided to go like invest in greener pastures. So I, I'm curious as to seeing where those people are. So I, I should do an update on that. Yeah. And estimate on those things. That'd be a, that's a great idea. Okay, cool. So that'll be like our, our next minutes on your money. So we have so much more in store for you folks because we have uh, Chris Kimball. We have Moolah Word of the Day. And we have our Keys to Riches, Remember Real Estate, which is all about building wealth over time. So I'm so excited. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. And that is not a cue to go away. So stay tuned. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. We'll be right back with more after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Looking to take your game to the next level? Maybe you're restless and not sure what to do next in your life? If networking to elevate yourself, looking for inspiration, or being somewhere in between relaxing and making it happen, then the Women of Change Cruise is for you. Join a team of elite women who will take your game to the next level or help you find your game while surrounding yourself with welcoming, accepting women who will affirm, motivate, and inspire you to live your best life starting now. Space is limited. Surf over now and be a part of women just like you who refuse to settle for less and are looking to get more out of this lifetime. The Women of Change Phenomenon. Leave your own mark on the world. For more information about the Women of Change crews and upcoming events, please visit our website at womenofchange.org. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. 
keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your maven of moolah, Heather Wagonhalls. And I have your moolah word of the day. We are back to a singular word for our word of the day. And that word is acquisition. Don't you like to acquire things, Michael? I love to acquire things. Me too. Especially when someone else has put the bill for it. <laughs> yeah, I notice I'm not acquiring things quite as much anymore. Yeah, yeah. That kind of slows down as you get older. Everybody's focused on giving kids things. Yeah. I know. What about us? Yeah. Where's the reciprocity? I want some more software. There you go. Oh, I know. Yeah, Mr. Plugin Addict. <clears throat> so it's interesting, uh, the things that we... I'm an I'm a audiobook addict. You're a plugin addict. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for acquisition, uh, we need to know that the word is acquiring control of a corporation called a target by a stock purchaser or through an exchange. It can be either hostile or friendly. Um, it is also referred to as a takeover in addition to an acquisition. So do you want your plugins in a hostile manner or a friendly manner? <laughs> because those are kind of related to your business. So um, they say typically, here's a, an example of it used properly in a sentence, unlike the way I'm using it. Typically, it is more difficult for large firms to make acquisitions of other large firms because shareholders are often displaced as the result. So... <clears throat> You can acquire, companies can acquire, and you can be acquired. So it'd be nice to be wanted like that, right, yeah. and be acquired. Yeah. Will someone acquire me? <laughs> so that's your moolah word of the day. And since it is the season of giving, somebody should be getting, right? So let's start focusing on our acquisitions. Yeah. <laughs> now, what am I giving everybody this year? What am I getting? That's it, right? Well, you know. You know, tis the season and all. <laughs> yes, by the way, and uh, did I mention that I'm a size four when I'm working out? I'm a size six otherwise. I'm a size four in case you were going shopping today. <clears throat> so I uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't work for my birthday with my last producer, so <laughs> that went over like a lead balloon, but so... So, uh, so I, I have been shy on the acquisition part, but uh, I am acquiring a fabulous interview for you guys. I'm going to share it. I'm making an acquisition, and I'm going to share it because we have an awesome guest, and this is Christopher Kimball. Uh, he is a financial planner, and since 1993, he's been helping pre-retirees, retirees, small business owners, and folks just like me and you find the right answers to their financial planning questions. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial planner practitioner. He's an accredited estate planner, a chartered mutual fund counselor, and a life underwriter training council fellow. And he's also certified in long-term care advice. And that's quite a lot because 
you know, when we talk about our three questions and five areas of concern, he's got those five covered with all of those uh, credentials there. And I'm so excited because sometimes money in life doesn't always work out like we would like. And sometimes we have to part ways, um, it, familiarly speaking. And I'm talking about when that ugly D word has to come up. And we always want to do our best to avoid that. But what happens when we get divorced? You know, it's not just about can you live on half? There are so many other things that are involved. And how do we survive a divorce and still plan and make sure that our retirement is effective? And so let's have a chat with Chris Kimball and find out what we need to know when, if, if and when we are faced with divorce and how we can prepare for that in either case. Let's have a chat with Chris, shall we? Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, I appreciate your asking. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, before we get started, I just want to mention that although this program is educational in nature, that we must provide a disclaimer for Mr. Kimball and that any securities that he talks about on this show may be offered through Money Concepts Capital Corp. And they are a member of FINRA and SIPIC. Chris, we all want to think that our marriages are perfect and that they'll last forever, but that's not always the case. Life gets in the way and things happen. We do things we can't take back. We say things we regret came out of our mouth. And then the D word pops up. What is it that we should be focusing on with regard to our finances when we're thinking about splitting up? Well, the first thing to remember, this is, of course, not good news when you're already upset about a marriage that may or may not be working, is that uh, two can live more cheaply than one. And that really gets uh, emphasized when you try to live as one after having lived with somebody else because all of a sudden, all the bills you were able to share and, uh, you know, basically even things like heating the house, basic water, garbage, all of those things immediately double when you split up because instead of one household, now you have two. And many times people really don't understand the impact that will have. So when you're thinking about divorcing, when you're concerned about your marriage, before you say anything rash like, I'm out of here, you better sit down and you better look very carefully at what kind of income you can expect to have if you divorce and what kind of expenses will truly be there. That's an amazing point because we think about living on half of what we had before, but we don't always think about living on half and having our expenses double. And I know when I was going through my divorce, that's all I wanted to do was get out. And I did it in such a fashion that I gave him everything, all my money, all my furniture, everything. And one of the things that I think about is that I was signing anything and everything to stop the bleeding. All I wanted to do was get him out of my physical space, so I gave him everything. I gave him my um, furniture even. I, I slept on the floor for four months because I wanted out so bad, and I couldn't see past that emotion. Well, the other thing, you know, if you, if you, if you think about, don't mean, or sorry, if you think about this fact that the largest indicator of poverty is divorce. That is the single largest indicator that you will end up in poverty is divorce. And now, of course, a lot of times that's because people aren't making a lot of money in the first place. But there are many other things you have to be careful of if you're involved in a divorce. You mentioned a very, very key point. You talked about emotions. And when people are going through a divorce, 
emotions take over. And the thing that we are wired to do if we experience pain is to get out of the pain at all costs. Now, in investing, this manifests itself when the market goes down and instead of putting more money in or staying put, people feel that pain and they yank their money out of the market at the worst possible time. When a divorce situation, what can happen is that you may be fighting with your spouse about money, how to divide up the IRAs or the 401ks or whatever it may be, and the feeling may be, this hurts so much that I have got to, I'll, I'll sign anything. I'll just give him the money. I don't care. T- let him take the 401k. I just want out. Or, you know, she can have the car. She can have the house. I just need to get away from this pain. And unfortunately, the pain doesn't last that long. However, the ramifications of giving things away or signing documents that are financially uh, disadvantageous, those last for the rest of your life. Eek, where were you when my first divorce happened? Nobody told me that the emotion was just temporary. <laughs> you are not alone. I've, I have counseled uh, many people and had to tell them, do not sign that. No, no, no. Hang in there. You'll work with your attorney and your advisors. Don't just bend over and, and take it. You've got to really be careful and make good decisions. And part of what, I mean, most of what I do, I think, in these types of situations is counsel people, listen to them, empathize with them, and then let them know, hey, you're not in this alone. We can go through this together. If you can just stand a little more pain, you'll have a whole lot more financial pleasure years down the road. I think the key in that message is that the emotions are temporary. And when we do get emotionally engaged, we biologically shut off access to our logic third brain. And even if we wanted to make a rational, reasonable decision, we can't. And we've just got to get control of our physiology, take a deep breath, step back, have somebody else help make us help us make those decisions interim. It is. It's very true. Emotions are very, very powerful. I mean, the whole thing with with marriage and divorce, many times people marry because of emotions that lead them astray, and then they divorce because emotions lead them astray. It's, It's definitely not easy. They say the three biggest reasons for divorce are um, communication problems, money problems, and, uh, you know, most of the problem, I think, is communicating about sex and money. That's, you know, it all ties together. But but the thing that you want to be careful of in uh, division of assets, for example, is when you you get uh, sort of blinded by this uh, anger or depression or whatever it may be, depending on your situation, is to be very careful when comparing asset values. For example, uh, a guy came to me and was was concerned because the financial person his wife had talked about had drawn up this division. They were going to get a divorce. She got the apartment building. He got his retirement plan. Well, the problem is that the the, the uh, retirement plan, you know, he has to fund it, and the market has to behave itself, and he can't even get to it till he's 59 and a half without a penalty. Plus, it's fully taxable when he takes it out. The um, apartment complex, on the other hand, was spinning out positive cash flow as it was paying itself off and potentially increasing in value over time with a host of wonderful tax benefits. So there were, there were uh, two items there that were being compared as, well, this is worth X, that's worth X, therefore they're the same. Well, on paper they may have looked the same, but when you dig into the tax ramifications, they were totally different. Same with Roth IRAs versus regular IRAs. If you say, well, she has a $100,000 Roth and he has a $100,000 traditional, they're the same, that is not the case at all because 
let's say they grow to $200,000 at retirement and uh, you know spouse A pulls out 200,000 of a regular IRA she may he or she may be sending you know 25 30 50,000 dollars to the IRS whereas the other spouse pulls out 200,000 and pockets 200,000 cuz generally there's no tax on Roth distributions as long as it's a qualified distribution yeah that would pretty much suck because like Uncle Sam isn't my favorite relative. So if we already know we're going to be overwhelmed with emotion, so we're not going to be thinking clearly, we're probably not going to be listening clearly, what other things do we have to pay attention to or should we be cognizant or aware of so we don't become that guy? Yeah, well, exactly. I I pointed out to him that probably letting her have that was not the greatest idea. Uh, The other thing um, that, uh, that sometimes happens is when spouses will try to take assets out of the picture quickly and hope the other spouse doesn't notice. There was a friend of mine going through a, a difficult, uh, difficult divorce, and the uh, statement, the, the IRA statement from the husband, had a distribution, and the, you know she wasn't sure what it meant. And I looked at it, and it had happened after the assets were supposed to be frozen and so forth. And I said, well, basically, uh, you know, he's attempting to take away some of the money before it gets split. Uh, and that, of course, is completely unethical, and, and we caught it, and hopefully that you know, it got resolved, we, we hope. But those, those sorts of things, uh, they happen. And spouses that try to hide money or a big problem oftentimes is that one spouse will be the person that took care of all the finances in the house. The other spouse had nothing to do with it, and then in the divorce has no idea how to manage his or her finances. Uh, Perfect example of that was a woman that came in and she was concerned because her husband over the years had done a whole bunch of investing in some very speculative and awful investments. She really didn't know much about it. When divorce time came, it had been many, many years of marriage. They had basically nothing. And uh, said, well, what can I do? And I said, well, unfortunately, we're in a community property state. And the fact you didn't pay attention or didn't want to know what was going on or didn't know Unfortunately, you know, you married the guy, and there's not much we can really do. It's totally buyer beware. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a uh, you know caveat emptor kind of thing. But on the other hand, there's been situations where I have even seen uh, CPAs or attorneys run numbers for, say, a pension plan, and they've said, okay, the husband has a pension plan. It's going to pay out a hundred thousand dollars a year. So you will get you know, 40% or 50% of that, whatever, for, let's say, 15 years, if that was the arrangement. The problem is they ran the pension out as if it only paid 100000 a year for 15 years, when it turns out the pension was indexed for inflation. So in 15 years, it won't be spinning out 100000 It'll be spinning out maybe 180000 And uh, the person, if they have a dollar figure of 50000 a year, well, good grief, in 10, 15 uh, years, that's going to be a much smaller part of that pension payment, and it's really not fair for the spouse that, uh, that is getting 50 grand a year it, to have it not index for inflation. So those things have to be worked out and, and calculated correctly. You are just a wealth of information on this subject, Chris, and I'm so glad for our listeners that you're on. I have a litany more questions, and I want to switch gears and lighten the load in the next segment. So all of you, stay tuned. You are listening to Chris Kimball on Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, Heather Wagonhalls, and we will be right back with more coming up after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. 
What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Looking to take your game to the next level? Maybe you're restless and not sure what to do next in your life? If networking to elevate yourself, looking for inspiration, or being somewhere in between relaxing and making it happen, then the Women of Change Cruise is for you. Join a team of elite women who will take your game to the next level or help you find your game while surrounding yourself with welcoming, accepting women who will affirm, motivate, and inspire you to live your best life starting now. Space is limited. Surf over now and be a part of women just like you who refuse to settle for less and are looking to get more out of this lifetime. The Women of Change Phenomenon. Leave your own mark on the world. For more information about the Women of Change cruise and upcoming events, please visit our website at womenofchange.org. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Chris Kimball on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. I am your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhall. And we were talking about nasty divorce before we left, so let's start things on a happy note for this segment, shall we, Chris? And let's talk about what we can do proactively before we get married to make sure money isn't one of the problems in our marriage, or at least not as big a problem. Very glad. Very glad you're going to end on a positive note. That makes me feel <laughs> makes me feel good. And actually, I'll use uh, some personal experience here. When I first met my wife, she was a CPA still is, in fact, and very responsible with money and was, was doing well and so on. I worked in a sales job, had been a musician on the road, and had been used to spending pretty much everything I made. <laughs> uh, in fact, when I was 20, how long, 24 years old, I think I was $20,000 in debt. A major portion of that was credit card debt. And so you can imagine that uh, uh, from the get-go, if people had known us before we had met, they would say, yeah, these couple, this couple's probably not going to work out. <laughs> But what happened was I, I began paying off my credit cards. I realized that credit card debt was nasty, and a good friend I worked for uh, convinced me to pay all these things off. So when we got married, I was already most of the way uh, there as far as paying all that off. And as we talked, we both knew 
that money is important. Now, as a, as Speaker Jim Rohn has said, money isn't everything, but it ranks right up there with oxygen. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so we got married, and we had certain goals we wanted to accomplish, you know, buying a home and a new van and so on and so forth, eventually having kids. And so we actually sat down and wrote out, we wrote out goals that we wanted to accomplish. And we spent half a day or, you know, six hours, whatever it was, talking to each other, communicating about our goals. Now, I was a little bit more of a spender than she was, but we compromised. I've probably, I've got some nice toys that perhaps I wouldn't have if she'd been a little more strict. But on the other hand, she's had some vacations and, and been able to do some things and experience some things that maybe she wouldn't have had she been uh, a little bit more miserly. So we've kind of blended together very well. 26 years of marriage this November, and we've, uh, again, managed financially to do fairly well. We uh, don't like debt, and there's many things that we talked about initially. And I think the key is before you get married, before you ask the question, Talk about finances and all these other areas in depth and try to, you know, try to wipe that loving glow, love at first sight kind of emotion out of the picture and literally say, what happens if I want to buy this? What do you, what do you envision as a home for us? What kind of money do you want to spend on vacations? Are cars really important? And you've really got to work through these things. And even if you can't agree on them, reach some sort of compromise. You know, I know there's all have, for example, we had a boat for a while. Well, the boat was used a few times a year. Here in Washington State, it rains a lot, so not getting a whole lot of use out of it. It wasn't, you know, the most reliable. It was a lot of work. And I decided if I'm going to be doing something in the sun, I wanted a motorcycle. So we talked about it, and at that time, my wife said, you know, you can have the motorcycle or the boat, <laughs> but not both. So sold the boat, bought the bike, and, uh, you know, lived happily ever after. When I when my kids get out of college, I'll probably buy a boat too. But the other thing you've got to remember, no matter whether you're married or not, is you've got to live within your means. You can't get extended. And when you talk about marriage problems, many times it's because both of the of the spouses overspend, get in a debt, and that causes massive stress, and it basically... Uh, it amplifies any other issues you may have when there's a layer of monetary stress on top of it. It's, uh, in fact, I just read that um, back in, I think it was 2010, it was uh, something like a third or 40, 40%, I think, of working Americans experienced uh, serious or severe stress over finances. So uh, the key is talk about it early, agree on what to spend, what not to spend, and then stick to it. I have one last question for you because I think that that's fabulous advice, but I just know that there's a listener out there or two or 20 that are going, okay, well, they haven't said that P word yet. And what are your thoughts about prenuptial agreements? That is a loaded question. I tell you, it's, uh, it, you know, there's, there's two ways to look at it. One way is you're setting yourself up for failure because you're saying, I don't really believe that I'm going to be married to you forever. Because if you really believe you're going to be married forever, then you would say, hey, why would we need a prenup? On the other hand, if you've worked all your life to build a business, and there's many, many people that you employ that are depending on you and your wits and your experience in business for their livelihoods, and you don't have some sort of a prenuptial agreement, and then you sort of commingle the business somehow, and you mix things together, and then suddenly 
you divorce and she wants half of the value of the business, which could torpedo the business, you're letting a whole lot of people down. So to make them feel good, it may be a smart thing to do to get a prenup so they won't worry. Uh, this is a case-by-case situation. I don't really like them just from a pure emotional standpoint. I want to think marriage is forever. But from a business standpoint and for some other reasons, a prenup may make sense in certain circumstances. I, I have a different opinion on that than you. I think they're fabulous tools, and I wish I would have had one in my first marriage, and then I wouldn't have had to sleep on the floor after I got out of it. <laughs> but I have one for my second marriage, and I think that, you know, um, while we're still having that glow of love, you can almost make it a playful or joking, you know, communication, but... But knowing how things shake out when you're, because, you know, when you're in, involved in divorce, it's all about the hate and the rage and the anger, and you're never going to get things done. And then when all that subsides, then you kind of feel bad, you know, about how it all went down after the fact. And so nobody wants that. And my thought is you, like, mark things down in, your, in, in the sand, and you almost have to if you have had previous marriages, and if you have children from another spouse. Trust work comes into it. If you, if you establish a true, you can establish various trusts, and you can have your assets held in those trusts, and that will solve a lot of the problems you're talking about, especially with kids and other, uh, from other marriages and things like that. Because if you have the trust set up correctly, then if something happens to you, the money can go directly to your kids, and the spouse that you're marrying understands that and knows that ahead of time, not because you don't think the marriage is necessarily going to last or whatever, but just because the money you work for, you want it to go to your kids or your charities or whatever it is you want. That can all be set up ahead of time in trust. Therefore, it eliminates that difficult discussion about, gee, now I want to get a prenup because I'm looking at you as a wife. You could say, it's already set up. I've got my estate plans done. Uh, you can always change them if you want to down the road to make them more generous to your new spouse. But as they are, they're already controlled in terms of where it goes. Plus, in a divorce, then money in a trust is generally protected. That's why I recommend parents leave money to their kids in trust. So when the kids get married to some loser, all that money you've left to your kids is safe in the trust, and the loser doesn't get any when they divorce. Yes, that's like that's a big thing. Oh my gosh, I used to have to teach all of those concepts in estates and ways to take title um, uh, when I used to teach real estate. This has been such an amazing discussion. If folks want to find out more about the uh, advice you offer and and securities or anything like that, where do they need to go? What do they need to do? Well, they can call my office. That's an easy way to do it by calling uh, toll free. It's eight six six on a plan, which is eight six 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 two seven five two six or two five three seven two two plan, which is seven two two seven five two six. You can visit my website if you just put Chris V Kimball dot com in your search engine. It should take you to my Money Concepts website. You can also go to uh, moneyconcepts.com slash Kimball. And I do need to mention that all securities are offered through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA CIPIC. That's the uh, disclosure for compliance reasons I must state. And uh, we would love to talk to you, see if there's something we can do to help. Even if I can't give you direct help, I might be able to point you in a direction 
to uh, help you find someone who can help. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And for those of you driving around without a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here where you can find linky links to all of Chris's websites and resources and goodies. And we have so much more in store. So stay tuned for more Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We'll be right back after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Looking to take your game to the next level? Maybe you're restless and not sure what to do next in your life? If networking to elevate yourself, looking for inspiration, or being somewhere in between relaxing and making it happen, then the Women of Change Cruise is for you. Join a team of elite women who will take your game to the next level or help you find your game while surrounding yourself with welcoming, accepting women who will affirm, motivate, and inspire you to live your best life starting now. Space is limited. Surf over now and be a part of women just like you who refuse to settle for less and are looking to get more out of this lifetime. The Women of Change Phenomenon. Leave your own mark on the world. For more information about the Women of Change cruise and upcoming events, please visit our website at womenofchange.org. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your maven of moolah, Heather Wagon Halls, and I have our favorite time of the show. It would be the keys to riches, and we are getting into all of the good stuff, so First off, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the broadcast. We're so glad you stopped by. The Keys to Riches is a baker's dozen of financial concepts that not only teach you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money, it also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do that one week at a time, one key at a time from our Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series. And we are now at Remember Real Estate. Now, I know we just covered an article about being cowardly and investing in the stock market. And 
the tendency is for people, you know, to hesitate and wait to get into the marketplace. And then when the marketplace starts really cranking, then there are people like, oh, my gosh, I might miss the boat. I better hurry up. And so they jump in at the top of the market and then the market does what it does. And then all of a sudden we're worth half of what we thought we were. And now we've just gotten that reinforcement that we were looking for, that we were filtering for with our brains, that we made a mistake and we screwed up. And so now, we, now that we did that, we, we, we're going to go home and lick our wounds and not invest again. And what most people don't realize when it comes to investing is, is not about hesitation or what's going to happen in the marketplace and what's it going to do. But what we need to focus on when it comes to investing is, is if we have sound investment principles, we have enough information to make a decision. Since we don't have crystal balls, we can only make decisions based on what we know. But if we focus on making our money in any investment on the buy instead of the sell, then we'll always win. And I've had people investing this whole time in real estate that I've been coaching and working with that have made money. So it doesn't matter which way the market is going, you can always make money. But you always make your money on the buy, not on the sell. And so that's why you have to be strategic. Even in an overinflated market, you can still make buys if you plan right. And I say this because there are circumstances that present themselves. Um, so people, um, they, uh, people lose their jobs every day. People have another baby on the way. Uh, so their family expands or their family contracts or somebody passes away and real estate needs to be sold for a variety of reasons. And so for the seller, it may not always be profit and that's motivating to sale. It's not about, I'm trying to make money on this deal so I can go on to the next one. It's like, oh my gosh, I got eight months before this baby gets here and I have nowhere to put it. <laughs> so it's like, uh-oh, you know, my my parents, one of my parents just had a stroke and I can't, you know, uh, they can't take care of themselves and we can't afford to put them in a place and so they're going to have to come here. And wow, we don't have the room and I can't, you know, have them sleep in an undignified manner on the sofa for very long. So when things happen in the marketplace, although unfortunate for folks, it gives us an opportunity to capitalize on things. Even in an overpriced market, somebody that's motivated to sell, you are motivated to buy, and bam, we can capitalize on that opportunity. But that's for, like, investing, like, 200. So right now, let's just get into investing in our 100 level class. And how do we even get started there? Well, first, we have to understand how underwriting occurs when it comes to buying a home. So even if you are a homeowner, you should still listen to this because we're going to learn how to go from tenant to homeowner to real estate investor in one shot here. And I'm going to show you how to do that. You don't have to quit your job if you want to become a big, fabulous real estate investor. You don't have to max out your credit cards to make a down payment to become a big, fabulous real estate investor. You just have to be strategic. You have to be disciplined and consistent over time. Because you can be disciplined, but then if that discipline wanes in like a month or two, then, you know. So it's about consistency over time. And one of the things that I find baffling to me is that these underwriting guidelines are freely available on the Internet, anywhere you want to go. And it's, it's mortgage lenders know what the underwriting guidelines are and any real estate agent worth their salt is going to know what the underwriting guidelines are, but nobody wants to tell people how to get there. Nobody. And it makes no sense to me. Why wouldn't you want your customer to know what's expected of them? 
You know, instead, we just go commit fraud instead, and we just forge documents. That makes more sense, doesn't it? Sure. Yeah. So uh, so what we're going to learn today is how a mortgage is underwritten, and it's going to give you your money management guidelines that you need to be aiming toward when it comes to debt reduction and asset accumulation. Where do I need to be? Where the fences are? Like, how do you know what's out of bounds unless somebody tells you? Everywhere, in every game you play, you got to know where the lines in the sand are. you got to know. So here's where the lines in the sand are. So this will help you play the real estate game better. So when an underwriter makes a mortgage determination, and this applies for any loan out there, whether it's a mortgage or a credit card or anything like that, there's what they call four layers of risk. Okay, have you ever heard of that, Michael? Okay. So there's four layers of risk that an underwriter has to determine whether or not he's going to go forward and say yes to you getting your money. So imagine if you were a lender, you had a big pile of money and someone came to you and wanted to borrow it. Well, what would you want to know about them? Okay. First off, you want to know, like, have they borrowed money in the past and have they paid those people back? Right? What was their, yeah. What was their previous payment history with other people? You know, because you want to determine whether or not that's a good risk for you. The second thing is, okay, so if they're going to borrow this money, how are they going to pay it back to me? Right? So, um, so I need to know, do you have a job? You know, and, you know, can you afford to pay me back? And what are the terms of that going to be? And then the next thing I want to know is if we're, if you're, if I'm lending you money to buy an asset, so let's just talk in terms of a house. Okay. Um, and you're buying this home and you're going to live in it and you want me to help finance it. How much skin in the game are you going to put in? Are you going to put money down? If so, how much? Okay. Cause the more skin you have in the game, the more confident I feel that you're going to pay me back. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, and then the final thing, which has nothing to do with you, me, or the four walls, but it has everything to do with whether or not I should go forward, is what is the value of this asset? Okay, and so these are essentially our four layers of risk, or what they call the four C's. So we'll go through them. Uh, They're character, capacity, capital, and collateral. So the first one is character. That's what we talked about last week. That was our credit report. Okay, so how have we paid our bills in the past? You know, I think of credit reports like mutual fund disclosures, okay, and they say that past performance does not necessarily indicate future results, but it's a good guideline. And what do we know about behavior? I mean, because that's what we talk about on the show all the time is behavior. And so, you know, what we've done in the past is likely what we're going to do in the future, okay? That is why insurance companies have gone to using credit scoring models to assess risk because it is statistically proven that people who don't pay their bills on time make higher claims on their insurance and more frivolous insurance claims. Yes, and so you will be risk assessed and you will probably have higher premiums as a result. Uh, so we talked about what those are, so I'm not going to belabor that point, but, you know, we talked about if you're going with conforming conventional, you want four trade lines, so four different lines of credits, 24 months, zero late. okay? And if you're going with FHA, you only need two trade lines, 24 months, no lights, okay? And remember, if something is, is in your past, but it's not within that 24-month window, 
you can write a credit explanation letter to help give an underwriter a level of comfort. Because if you think about the layers of risk, you don't have to be 100% in every category. You know, you can be high in one and low in the other and use them to compensate for each other. So if you think about layers of risk, you know, you can have, you can bake a cake and like the one foundation piece is is pretty thick, right? But then like maybe say the next one, you know, you it's like short by like an inch because maybe you burnt that side of the yeah. pan, you know, so you have to cut off some of the cake. But you can still f- add extra frosting right there. And, and so nobody would ever know that it's not a perfect like square two-layer cake, except for the person that gets that piece with all the frosting. They could be like, <laughs> that was a bite of sugar I wasn't expecting. So, uh, so, so you, we can layer these up. So, so if our credit is good, we don't have to be a hundred percent in the next two. If our credit is not so good, um, then we're going to have to be stronger in the next two. Now I'm going to get the last one collateral, the value right out of the gate. We can't do anything to it. It's going to appraise for what it appraises for. Willing buyer, willing seller negotiating freely in an open market does not indicate value, okay? Part of the problem that we had here in Arizona when the market tanked was an artificial inflation of value. And what happened is we were seeing all this influx of money coming in from California. And because in California, like what was a $100,000 piece of property here, like say a condo, you know, the same condo in California would have been at least 300000 So, So they come here and all of a sudden we're low on inventory and they see this $100,000 condo and they're like, well, I'm going to, you know, uh, they go look at it. But then they, the agent says, oh, well, there's a couple of those offers. Well, they're like, offer 120 130 150 I don't care because they're trying to exchange money from their investments. They're rolling over, you know, so they've got a window of time that they have to make this happen by or the otherwise the IRS takes their taxes out. So they've got to make this happen in a short period of time. So um, what happens? Well, you know, if I'm a seller, I'm going to negotiate for the best offer, right? So if somebody offers me 100 or 120, which one do you think I'm going to take? I'm going to take the 120. The problem is, is that property is only going to appraise for 100 because it doesn't matter what's going on, willing buyer, willing seller, negotiating freely in an open market. It only matters what it's worth. It's just like, you know, the widower, you know, he just lost his wife in the house that, that they made their home. And every day he, he hates himself because she's not there. So he's got to sell that house. You know, market says it's worth a hundred grand, but he doesn't have the time, energy or effort to fix it up and make it the way he just wants to get out because he wants to stop the pain, you know, and so he's going to sell it under market likely yeah. because he, he wants to get rid of that property. Yeah. So um, he'll sell it for 95. It'll still probably appraise for 100. Okay. Now the lender is only going to lend a percentage of appraised value or purchase price, whichever is lower. So if you only negotiate for 95, you're, it's bonus that it's worth 100. But if you negotiate for 120, sorry Charlie, it's still only worth 100. And as a lender, you're only going to lend based on a percentage of whatever that value is. So then the next two layers of risk are real simple. So capacity is our ability to repay a note. And so we can demonstrate our capacity in a few different ways. That's going to be through our job, through investments, through, you know, 
other compensation, so child support, child support, alimony, separate maintenance, spousal support, stuff like that, uh, uh, disability, social security income. There's a variety of income streams that we can have that can, we can use that will help determine what our um, capacity is. You have to have been on the job for at least two years in order for the income to count. If it hasn't been, it has to be in the same line of work. And if you, and if it was recent, you have to demonstrate that it was a move upward. So like, uh, let's say you left one production company to work for another, but you know, you're making more money and now you're an owner or a part owner in it too. So now, you know, it wasn't just a lateral move. It was an upward move. But if you went from selling refrigerators into music production, I'm going to be kind of skeptical about how significant that, that uh, you know, that income is going to be. And is it going to be stable? And, you know, if you've only sold fridges for the last 40 years, what makes you think that you're going to be a great movie or, you know, record producer at this point? Uh, so uh, so that's, that's the underwriting requirements for that. Um, capital. This is skin in the game. These are two things. So it's one, how much skin you got in the game. So what are you putting down? And then two, it's what do you have left over? Okay. And a lot of people don't think about this, especially when it's their first home, because they're thinking about curtains and couches and crap. They're not thinking about, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay my mortgage payment when it comes due? And so what happens is we blow everything. So, you know, you've got to think about down payment and then what's left over. Now, you have two months worth of reserves required on government loans. So when I say two months worth of reserves, that's that's your mortgage payment, principal, interest, taxes, insurance, and homeowners association if you live in an area with one. Now, if you're doing conforming conventional, they're going to want four months worth or if you were doing any lower documentation type of loan or stated income stuff, they're going to want six months of, of those payments in the bank. And it can't just be in the bank, okay? Because you can't be like, dude, can I borrow like 30 grand to like sit in my checking account? It has to be what they refer to as seasoned, you know? So just like you season a new pan, like if you get those cast iron pans, you know, you can't just start cooking with them or whatever. You're going to screw up all your food. You got to season them. So you got to put the oil on, you got to bake them for a while, and you got to put more oil on and bake it again so the metal does its thing. So your money has to sit there. And so you have to be able to document that that money has been there for the last, you know, three months. Or if you've been saving, you have to be able to document the incremental increase. So like if you started with a thousand bucks and you were putting a thousand bucks a month away, so we should be able to track your bank statement. So if there's a thousand here, then next month it's going to be 2000 plus whatever was earned in interest and then three and then four and yada, yada. So it's kind of particular, but you know, if you think about it, you know, you go, Oh my God, they want to know so much, but like, do they really? Like if you were asked to lend a hundred grand, what would you ask for? Yeah. I mean, you know. Like you'd want their firstborn child. You yeah. want like every car title, every everything they've thought about owning. Yeah. <laughs> you'd want yeah. you'd want your interest already transferred to you until your debt's paid. Right. So, that's where we are with real estate. So, you can use this if you visit the website at unlockyourwealthradio.com and click on the this week's key tab, you will be able to find that uh, affordability worksheet. Why is it important for you to afford to work the affordability worksheet? Because it's a great snapshot to see where you are. You should be carrying less than 10% of your monthly income in debt, you know, that you're carrying. So uh, to make the math really easy, so if we have $1,000 a month in income, 
Okay, we shouldn't have credit cards, car payments, and all kinds of other crap we bought on credit um, more than $100 a month. It's a pretty simple ratio. It's pretty simple, but can you make it happen? You know, that's why a lot of people, they go to apply for a mortgage and like, but I make 80 grand a year. I make 150 grand a year. Me and my wife, we make 200 grand a year. But, you know, they're spending 250 <laughs> on credit that they financed and unsecured credit at like, what, 18% per year? And so when you calculate the ratio, that ability to repay the note, you know, and you take, okay, if this payment that you want is, you know, uh, $5,000 a month and for, for your mortgage payment and like you only make like 7000 a month, you're not going to make ratio because your mortgage payment should be less than a third of your income. And so if you hit that one third mark, okay, with and, and, and one third of your income is going out to debt, you're not going to have any housing affordability. So these are the things you have to look at. So run your affordability ratios. Um, is your total debt and your housing expense less than one-third of your income? If it's not, um, then you need to work on getting it under that 10%. And remember, you can earn interest or you can pay interest because it all starts with that first property you acquire. And then once you make that first one, you know, conforming conventional guidelines and government guidelines say that you're only required to live in a home, uh, take possession within 30 days and live there for one year in order to consider that mortgage owner occupied. So then you can buy your next home that might be a little bit fancier and then rent this one out. And now you just went from homeowner to investor in one swoop. Because somebody else is now going to pay off the mortgage on the other house. So they're going to do what? They're going to create cash flow and they're going to create capital appreciation every time they reduce that mortgage. So isn't it great that you can enjoin others to build your wealth and you're helping them out at the same time by providing a roof over the head for their family? It's so great. So that's why this is such an awesome key. And so many people think, oh, real estate's a bad investment. Well, it could be if you don't do it right. But remember, make your money on the buy. Make sure that you're within your affordability guidelines. And understand what your higher purpose for that piece of property is. And you'll win every single time at the game of investing. So uh, thank you so much for joining us here. For this week's key statement, key affirmation, and key action item, please visit our well, our radio uh, Please visit our website. Please visit our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com. And remember to thank our new sponsor, Audible, by visiting unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and claim your free audiobook and free two-week trial membership today. And for more in-depth interviews with money experts, strategies, and members-only tools to fix your credit, get out of debt, and have more money and happiness, do what other savvy listeners have and visit unlockyourwealthradio.com, where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Become an Insider Club member today and start receiving the benefits of millionaire wisdom now. For Unlock Your Wealth Radio, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2013 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com. 